My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord, just so you know, there's still lots of room. You don't have to cram in the back. You can have, someone can be up here and have this whole space to themselves. We were here. By the power of the gospel, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what was written by eyewitnesses and handed on through the power of the Holy Spirit, we were there. It's a marvelous thing. I was there at the conception of our Lord. I was there through the power of the Holy Spirit at His birth. I was there when he began his public ministry. I saw him baptized. I heard what the prophet John had to say about him. I was there. Throughout the course of our liturgical life, I have been at all these events. Golly, I was there when Jesus started speaking to those who are poor in spirit, and my heart just burned within me with love. I was there when he started to heal a paralytic, when he cleansed lepers, when he gave sight to the blind, even one who was blind, born blind at birth. I saw him receive his sight by the power of the Holy Spirit. We were there. We have seen these marvelous events that Jesus had done. The magnificent words he spoke, all to teach us who he is and why he's come. Golly, I was even there at the seeing the, the son of the widow of Nahum raised from the dead. And the daughter of Jairus raised from the dead. I'll tell you what, that had my head spinning. How can someone raise from the dead? I heard it about it from Elisha and Elisha, but I'd never seen it myself until I heard it from the eyewitnesses. Fantastic. But nothing prepared me for what I experienced yesterday. It's so powerful that we're still celebrating it today on this Sunday, and that is the raising of Lazarus. We had been with Jesus while he was across the door, Jordan teaching. And he kept telling us, well, Lazarus is sick. And we thought, okay, he's going to get better. Then Jesus says, Lazarus has fallen asleep. Well, we thought he meant sleep as in he's went to bed. We were kind of thick-minded. And he says, no, our friend Lazarus is dead. And so we all decided we'd go with Jesus because he was going to go there. And our, one of our companions, Thomas, says, well, let's go and die with him because everyone's already trying to kill Jesus. We were ready. And so we went. And yesterday morning, <clears throat> on our way, Martha met us at the tomb or near the tomb. And she told Jesus, had you been here, he would have never died. Yes, Jesus, we know that we're all going to rise from the dead at the end time. And then Martha comes, or Mary comes, and the same thing. Yes, we know, Lord, that we will all rise from the dead. 
And Jesus says, if you believe in me, even though you die, you will live forever. And even if you live, you will never die if you believe in me. Do you believe this, Mary? Yes, Lord. And we sat by the tomb. The crowds were coming in. Did you hear the crowds yesterday? Gathered around because Jesus was there. And then he did something phenomenal. Something that was a bit horrifying, actually. He told us to remove the stone. Imagine that, removing the gravestone of someone dead four days. Not just one, but four. Surely, we said, there's going to be a stench. Jesus insists, and we roll it back. And it's amazing the words that he spoke. He was speaking to a father, his father. But not for his benefit, he said, for ours, that we might have faith. And he says some words that caused Hades to shudder. Lazarus, come out. Hades was forced to let go of one of its own. Imagine how Hades is feeling now. Last this morning or yesterday morning when we were here by the tomb, everything was in, we were speaking in the person of his hate as if Hades was a person, had an existence, as if Hades had feelings because Hades was groaning at having to give up one dead. But Hades had to give up Lazarus. My goodness, what would happen if something bigger comes by? Is this a prelude of something greater? Are we about to lose our hold on the whole of the people that are here in Hades? We marveled as all this was happening within the bowels of the earth and seeing Lazarus come out strapped, wrapped in linen strips, we were told to untie him and rejoiced. There was nothing wrong with him. He looked like nothing had happened at all. So we all gathered at his house, and we celebrated, and people were coming here and there from all over. There was no room for us in the house. They wanted to see not only Jesus, who raised a man four days dead, but they wanted to see this Lazarus, who had been dead. What a marvelous day we spent yesterday at the tomb. How it echoes all the way through the upcoming week that we're celebrating. It reverberates all the way to Good Friday and Easter morning. And now Jesus wants to go into Jerusalem. As Thomas mentioned, they want, people want to kill him already. But we're ready now. We have our king. So we gather our branches. We gather our cloaks and we throw them out before him. We start singing with the children, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel our earthly king. 
People near and far were coming to sing out the king of Israel. This is it. Liberation. What we have been waiting for. Even the people in Jerusalem were all up in a stir. We heard at the Mountains Gospel this morning. They were all up in a stir. What's going on? Who is this person? And so we're all crying out. Hosanna in the highest. And we're going into the city. And people are telling Jesus, tell them to quit singing. Tell them to quit saying the king of Israel. Tell them to stop. And Jesus says, I tell you, if there's silence, even these very stones will cry out. Because the whole cosmos is groaning for regeneration and rebirth. That's just on the cusp. It's just right there. And so we're all journeying together. But then a question comes up, where is your allegiance? Which king are you going to follow? We saw Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fishes. He's my king. He's going to feed me every day. I don't have to worry about food anymore. I'm sick. I'm suffering. He's going to heal me. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I can just live my life as if all that stuff doesn't matter. But wait a minute. What about getting rid of those occupiers in our city? Those Roman occupiers are already on edge because there's been insurrections rising up all over the empire. In that, I mean, that Palestine. They want to get rid of them. We've already had Barabbas get arrested because he was killing somebody. They sent Pilate so he could really squash his taxes. He wanted to go up in ranks. He wanted to have more prestige in the Roman Empire. He didn't want to stay in Palestine. He was going to show them. Even he was on edge. We were all crying out, King of Israel, but our vision of who that King of Israel was, was different. There was those in our company who said the King of Israel is the one who is going to give us eternal life. And there was others who said, no, the King of Israel is the one who's going to liberate us in this worldly life. That we can have an earthly kingdom. Because we got a man that will feed us and defend us. We don't have to do anything. And we will conquer the world. Their goals no longer lined up with the goals that Christ had come to bring. While some were crying out, Hosanna in the highest, others began to cry out, crucify him. He's no longer my king. I will find another king who will do my bidding. Crucify him. Jerusalem is a powder keg about to go off. And we are eyewitnesses to this event. But we have to remember it's just not an earthly event. It's one of the whole cosmos, the whole universe is about to be transformed. And it can't understand what the tension is. Why is this feeling of change? What is this electricity in the air? 
And because it's so foreign to them, they act out in a manner that the only way that they can control the situation is by anger, by a mob mentality. Crucify him. We want Barabbas. He's our king. Not this one who's telling us to live in peace and be humble. All these things we have been experiencing and to the most intently since yesterday morning as we were all gathered at the tomb here in church. And now we are going to go out and we're going to see greater things than these, than these that take place. We will have to remember that we were there with Peter, James, and John and we saw Jesus transfigured. We have to remember this now because we're going to be shaken. Oh, we're going to be shaking hard this week. We're going to be put to the test. We may deny Him not once, not twice, but three times. We're going to scatter. We're going to flee. And only a few, only a very small few will hang back and journey with Him all the way to the cross. Where is your allegiance? Is your king the one that does your bidding? The one that does everything you want? Grants you vindication for anything that you have against somebody else? Or is your king the one, the prince of peace, who told us, to speak of love, of forgiveness, of humility, of mercy. Where is your allegiance now? It's easy to cry out, Hosan in the highest, when we're all gathered together, gaining strength from one another. But when we're scattered and put to the test, that's when our true character comes out. So let us take encouragement from what we have seen. And what we have heard Jesus do. Let us remember these things. Let us remember that at that tomb yesterday morning. That God in his human nature wept. He can experience what we experience. And yet he was still God and had the power of creation. And said Lazarus come forth. Before this moment. He told everyone who got healed, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't say a thing. But not this time. Do you notice Jesus doesn't stop them from crying out, Hosanna in the highest? He doesn't stop them from saying, King of Israel. Now is his appointed time. Now his hour has come. He wants everyone to know that he is the king. But as he told Pilate, not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. His time has come. And he wants everyone to proclaim it boldly. But to be careful of what we're proclaiming. Is it the king of Israel, the prince of peace? 
or the king of our own making. We've seen marvelous things this past year. And the intensity is only going to grow these coming days. So let us cling to what we've seen and heard. Be strengthened. And with joy as we go out into Bridegroom Mountains tomorrow, cry out, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the King of Israel.